Weekday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined as usual on Mondays and every day by J.P. Ong. Except Saturdays and Sundays. And this is true. On Saturdays and Sundays, he goes out and gets a red nose. Yes. We won't go Call into those details <laughs> just yet. <laughs> However, we are missing a colleague for Mondays. Vansreen Evasan has ditched us for family. Ah, well, can't blame him. Family That's, does come first. No, no, no. That's what he said. Van Srinivasan said he is ditching us for family. However, I am actually, you know, with my with my contacts, I'm quite well aware that I don't think his family plays golf. Ah. And that is what he's Unle- actually unless doing. That's that, <laughs> unless that's his code word for family. Indeed. You know? My other family. My, my 14 cousins, you know, each, <laughs> each club in my, in my bag, right? So that could, be, um, that could be the code right there. Well, we hope you're having a good round. I hope mm-hmm. he's having a restful and, and low-scoring round. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All well, right. Yeah. It is, has not been so green and pretty across the markets today, except for Down Under. Yes, and uh, I I will get to that in just a bit, but let's start off with markets here and set things, uh, set table for for the trading week. And we're starting off in the red today, the Straits Times Index down by about half a percent to 3,245. We did spent a lot of time and worked so hard to breach 3250 and it seems that we've fallen down below that level again to start off this trading week value turnover looking he- healthy but also supporting the downturn today about 520 million Singapore dollars in total trade so far changing hands 132 stocks in the green 205 stocks so far in the red as you mentioned the color is red across most markets except for those uh, uh, you know down under and and it seems what is down is, is going up maybe it's something to do with the southern hemisphere and we might just be in an upside downward but so far, the ASX 200 is trading about 0.7% higher. New Zealand stocks out mm-hmm. in Auckland. And it means that uh, it's not just sheep that's out there. <laughs> it's also gains so far. We're seeing the New Zealand index up by about well, by about 0.4% today. But everybody else seems to be falling back. The Nikkei 225 is down by about 0.3%. Markets in China also down by more than 1% apiece. Uh, the Korean cost be down by 0.4%. Even when you look across the ASEAN, most markets, you go to Jakarta, you go to Manila, you go to Thailand. Island, they're all uh, Bangkok. They're mm-hmm. all uh, trading lower so far today. India also is slightly in the red today, but the Hang Seng probably taking the biggest beating right now, 2.3% down so far. A uh, combination of factors here, really. One is um, you have uh, more renewed skepticism, surprise, surprise, about this U.S.-China trade deal. Because right. after, now, uh, keep in mind that uh, um, the White House uh, trade advisor, Peter Navarro, the other week, when they asked him, well, is it true what the Chinese Ministry of Commerce said? You guys are going to roll back tariffs in face. He said that there's no truth to that. The only person who can decide on that is President Donald J. Trump. End of story. Full stop. That's it. Uh, We did get comments from uh, President Trump uh, over the weekend also where he said, look, talks are going very are are progressing slower than I that I'd hope, but they are progressing. But he said that there is no deal yet and there is no agreement on our part to roll back tariffs. So this again, uh, uh, cast just uh, just blunts the momentum that we saw last week, and you're seeing it take take its effect on the region. That and also because the protests in Hong Kong seem to have taken a bit of a, a violent turn. Mm-hmm. We have shots have been fired. There have been protesters sent to the, to the hospital for for being shot by police. Um, one is in critical condition. one is in critical condition, yeah. and that's I think that's also one of the reasons why the Hang Seng is down today. And a lot of uh, traders that uh, both Bloomberg and Reuters have spoken to around the region have mentioned in either in passing or or 
or, or principally that the, the unrest in Hong Kong is what's keeping markets here just a little bit wary, a little bit mm-hmm. more in, in a selling mood, for lack of a better term. And it's definitely affecting a lot of these markets. I think it's just a combination of that. If we don't see a trade deal signed by December, this could blunt, the, blunt any gains we saw over the last uh, three and a half, four weeks. And also these protests in Hong Kong, I mean, it it seems that maybe the violence has ratcheted up another level. I think folks are worried that this could incite even more resentment and that could result in the violence on the part of the protesters or demonstrators, protesters and demonstrators out in Hong Kong. So a lot of uncertainty out there, both in terms of social unrest and in terms of market uncertainty because of these trade jitters. So are you saying that if there isn't a trade deal, we might have a bleak Christmas? I think that it's very possible, actually, because keep in mind that in December, there is another set of tariffs that could come online. If I'm not mistaken, December, sometime in mid-December, another set of tariffs could roll out from the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things that uh, Beijing was asking for. Roll back some of the imposed tariffs that you guys uh, levied on us in September and also a postponement of these December tariffs that are, planning, that are coming up uh, in the middle of that month. If President Trump says that uh, there's no agreement yet that we're going to roll those back, um, and a number of, uh, f- of folks in the White House have actually mentioned uh, or reports say that the White House is a bit divided on whether they want to roll back these tariffs or not. The pr- even the proposition of rolling back these tariffs was met with a lot of opposition. Keep in mind that the colors of Christmas are red or green. I think we're going to see more red if that does happen, as we saw in the fourth quarter of last year. Well, you're just giving me another reason to go out and, and exercise my credit card for 11-11. Yeah, there it is. Have you gone online already? <laughs> uh, oops. You, you was should, I not supposed to be online right now? You should, you should, you should check uh, Facebook, like, uh, the Facebook feeds of, uh, of a lot of these customers. All, they, all they're talking about is 11-11. So it's not just a Chinese uh, phenomenon. A number of uh, economists have been saying that this day is going to be a very interesting engage as to how healthy the consumer in China is. But it's not just the Chinese consumer. I think it's going to be a global or at least oh, an absolutely. Asian compute. Uh, the uh, state of health of the Asian consumer, because if Singaporeans are we talking about it, deal. if folks in the Philippines are talking about it, this is, it, you know. We love a deal. Yes, we love a deal. But apparently in Beijing and Washington, not as resident to make a deal. Well, maybe they've lost some of that loving feeling. Mm-hmm, perhaps. You that never is know. true. Now, yeah. you know, somebody who revels in the color of red because it is the corporate color is DBS. Ah. And they're happily, happily in the blue, I guess. Yeah, or, or, or they're, they're talk about profits yep. and talk about growing profits. Um, one of the things that DBS did earlier this year was to declare was to uh, make a change in their dividend policy right mm-hmm. instead of doing semi-annuals they said we're going to do things quarterly mm-hmm. and it had and it surprised markets because on one hand the most heavily traded stock and one of the biggest if not not one of the arguably one of the most important singaporean companies out mm-hmm. there is saying we're going to start paying quarterly dividends and that sent a cheer but also had a few people scratching their heads going wait how are you going to do that this is a big step are you prepared to hack it well when you see profits in the in the third quarter climb by 15% and hit 1.6 billion Singapore dollars, it, it'll probably make the folks over at their management or uh, over at DBS's management more confident. Their, their third quarter profits hit about 1.6 billion Singapore dollars. And apart from that, they blew away these estimates, despite the fact that they mentioned that, yes, our net interest margins were a little bit uh, challenged over this quarter because of this lower interest rate environment that we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, annualized earnings per share for them actually stood at about 2 dollars and 50 cents per quarter that's 15.7 percent higher than last year so if you talk that's about nothing to sneeze at nothing to sneeze at it's it's, uh, it's the momentum it's the kind of growth you need if you are the management of dbs and you just have these last minute doubts as to well can we really sustain these quarterly dividends it's a little too late to turn back now we've kind of promised the folks can we sustain this well i think these uh, these numbers
numbers will give them a little bit of confidence moving forward, thinking, hey, maybe we can keep doing this, right? And keep in mind, this is Southeast Asia's largest bank. And a lot of the analysts covering uh, five analysts that were surveyed by Refinitiv, the consensus forecast what they were going to make only $1.57 billion uh, Singapore dollars mm-hmm. over, that net, over that period. Well, they made about $1.63 billion. So they beat it by about $50 million. I'd say that's a healthy, uh, that's a healthy beat of expectations, yep. uh, surpassing some of these also. And they're also saying they're declaring an interim one-tier, one, an interim one-tier tax-exempt dividend of about 30 Singapore cents for the third quarter and paid on November 29 after the books close on November 19. So you're seeing net interest income actually growing by about 8%. However, their, uh, their, their CEO, Piyush Gupta, has mentioned that uh, it, this might provide some headwinds moving forward if the interest environment starts to come down. But they have mentioned that net fee and commission incomes, for one, wealth management fees growing by 22%, card fees growing by 9%. Again, this is another example of a Singaporean bank starting to lean, I guess, more significantly on these fees, on these wealth management products that they're, mm-hmm. that they're rolling out, on managing some of this, on, on private banking. DBS has mentioned uh, that they're looking at uh, Indonesia and Thailand for one as being major growth areas because there is a rapid expansion of their of the wealthy and the upper middle class in these particular countries, and they want to at least get in on that action. Um, and also, not only did their profits grow, but their non-performing loans ratio, well, the number of loans that might go kaput, from 1.6% from third quarter of last year, it's now down to 1.5%. Mm-hmm. So not only are they improving their margins, they're also improving the quality of loans that they're managing or th- that they have under, on their books. So hats off to DBS. It was a very... It, it, this, uh, this was a very impressive report card, and I think uh, whoever their high expectations Asian parent is must be very happy. Whoever their high expectation <laughs> parents, that would be Singapore. Yes, there you go. <laughs> and, uh, and a sigh of relief, perhaps, if you are a DBS shareholder thinking, okay, I, I have a feeling these guys are going to hack it. 30 cents is something to do a backflip over. Yes, and uh, keep in mind, this is, a, this is an interim one-tier tax-exempt dividend at that, so you're not going to be paying taxes on this, and, uh, and it... It feels as if they're giving you a little bit of icing on your, a little more icing on your cake. So for DBS shareholders, not such a bleak Christmas. Not such a bleak Christmas today, though. DBS is uh, is following the uh, the 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 general downward cadence of the SGX. DBS shares are down, but not so much. A little bit of profit taking, but not a ton. I mean. They're just down by about one cent. So they could be doing worse. They could be doing as badly as, say, Venture Corporation, which is down by 5.4%, or the likes of Capital Capital and Commercial Trust, down by about almost 3% today. Venture and also turned in some pretty decent results, didn't they? They did, actually. Well, this so is, maybe this is profit-taking from the companies that did. Cr- well, okay, so this is profit-taking for, for some of the companies. Well, if this was profit-taking, you'd probably expect DBS to be falling by even more. They're just, they're just down by about one cent. Mm-hmm. This is, again, nothing really to write home about and right. on, on DBS's uh, from our point of view of DBS. Okay, as I speak, DBS uh, is now down by about three cents, right? Oh, this is how right. quickly the markets can change. Venture Corp, so this was interesting. Venture Corp did record that net income grew by about 5.7%. And mm-hmm. they noticed that as you start to see the supply chains in the region start to shift, Yes, they will, fa- they will face continued headwinds from this, uh, the uncertainty of the U.S.-China trade war and how sure. it will impact these supply chains. But as you start to see these other companies shift their supply chains so they can reduce their exposure to the U.S.-China trade mm-hmm. war and come into, say, countries such as the ASEAN region, they will need to look for partners. And Venture Corp's one of these. Uh, they said that they've seen, ben- they've seen some benefits, actually, and some opportunities in this particular space. So why exactly is Venture Corp down? Well, I took a look at, the, at a number of analysts, actually, who have released... 
some of these investment firms. And a number of banks have actually cut their outlooks or their ratings on VentureCorp. For one, you've got UOB Keihan. They've cut them now from a buy to a hold. DBS cutting them also from a buy to a hold. Maybank also cutting them to hold. So you've got three banks here cutting them to uh, hold. And also, oh, by the way, sorry, RHB also cutting them to neutral. So when you have a couple of banks saying, hey, you know what? We're lowering our expectations for venture. We're sure. not saying telling you to dump the stock, but we're, we're not as optimistic about that. Well, maybe that 5.7% in net income growth that they saw in the third quarter, perhaps not enough to impress their high expectations, Asian right. fund parents, right? <laughs> so Venture Corp, uh, unfortunately, they're in the doldrums at the moment. But again, it shows again that, yes, maybe they will profit from some of these supply chain shifts if they can become the partner of choice to help some of these companies navigate these shifts outside of China. But they will still be very sensitive to these uh, U.S.-China trade tensions if it continues to remain unresolved. And I think that's also one of the reasons why Venture Corp is probably one of those ripe candidates for some profit-taking. Because as Jeff Howie's mentioned, these trade tensions aside, Venture Corp is up by about, I believe, in the high teens Year or mid-teens uh, year to date. Mm-hmm. So again, this is, there is some profits you can chip away at if you got into venture corporate January of this year. At the right time, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before I let you go, what are you doing today for prime time? Okay, so as we mentioned, it's very interesting. Markets down under seem to be weathering the storm rather well, mm-hmm. right? You've got New Zealand markets doing well. Got Australian markets, actually, the ASX 200 up by about half a percent. So that's actually pretty decent, given the downturn that we've seen across the region. So maybe there's something something in the coffee in Sydney that, uh, that that's giving them a bit more confidence. I will be speaking today to Shane Oliver, who's the head for investment strategy mm-hmm. at AMP Capital. I'll be, call, we'll be speaking I to him I want some of that bit. coffee, by the way. Yes, so do I. <laughs> I think we all need that at the moment, given how how red the Monday is looking. But, mm. uh, but the markets there are doing rather well. And, and you know, Shane Oliver also tracks... A lot of global macro dynamics also, such as these U.S.-China trade tensions, which will also be a significant factor that Australian markets will be watching out for. Because if it leads to a downturn in China, then you see these material prices start Mm -hmm. to fall. It'll affect the miners down under also. Um, It'd be very fascinating to ask him because I think he's one of those, uh, one of the handful of adults that that we talk to on primetime that can actually hit on these numerous uh, uh, cross-border dynamics or headwinds or tailwinds and then see how it matters for markets here, markets globally, and markets down under also. Mm -hmm. be very fascinating and I can't wait to actually give him a call in a bit. And that's going to come out on what? At At about 5.40 today, we'll be airing it. All righty. This has been Market View on Workday Afternoon. I'm Cloris Monzer with JP Ong. It's MoneyFM 89.3. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.